0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Rock paintings by ancient indigenous people can be seen all over the Southwest. In the rugged canyons of Baja, California, there are cave paintings that are much older than we thought. The paintings are in the Rocky Mountain Caves and overhangs in the Sierra de San Francisco mountain range in Baja. That is located about halfway down the peninsula in northeastern Baja. When they were first dated back in the 1970s, they were estimated to be about 500 to 1,500 years old. Old enough, you might say, but now new radiocarbon dating pushes that time frame back to 11,000 years. I spoke with writer Craig K. Collins, who has seen and studied these cave paintings, and me Regadas-Dahl, an archaeologist and professor at the Autonomous University of Baja California Sur, who's researching the very early inhabitants of that area, the people who actually may have created these paintings. I asked Craig Collins how scientists know the cave paintings are so much older than first thought.
0: They were pretty astonished to find that the paintings went all the way back to 11,000 years old, back to the end of the ice age and the arrival of the first humans on the Baja Peninsula.
1: So that time frame of 11,000 years that corresponds to when the first humans settled in Baja?
0: Yes, that's when they believe that the first populations of humans established themselves on the Baja Peninsula.
1: So Professor Regader's Dahl, do we know who those people were who settled themselves in Baja and could have created the cave paintings.
2: Always, those 10,000 years, they were hunter gatherers. We know that in historical period, I mean the 16th century, they were in the south, Pericu, Waikura, half of the peninsula, and then Juma people as Cochimias. And at the time the Spanish arrived, the missionaries asked the Cochimines if they were the ones who made the rock paint. And they say that when they arrived, the paint were already there.
1: Wow. You have both made the very difficult trip to see these cave paintings. Craig, what do they look like?
0: Well, they're quite spectacular and they're astonishing. Some of the cave paintings I saw, Cueva de las us is the Cave of the Arrows, and you go there, and they're 15-foot-high shamans, and some are half red and half black, and they have headdresses on. They hold their arms up to the sky, you know, the elbows bent at 90 degrees with their hands to the sky. There's a 15-foot-high shaman pierced with about eight black arrows, and he has a bobcat nipping at his legs and then cueva la pintada which means the painted cave is a rock face that's about 200 yards long and it is just a menagerie of everything that was important to these people there are shamans and men and women there's bighorn sheep uh, antelope hawks vultures everything that was important to them in their world and as the UNESCO People said when they came out, they represent some of the most spectacular rock art on the planet. And they compare even to the Pleistocene 40,000, 30,000 year old uh, cave paintings that we all know about in France and Spain. So they're quite spectacular.
1: And UNESCO, that's the UN uh, department that kind of tries to protect artistic heritage sites around the globe. Is this a UNESCO site?
0: Yes. In 1993, it was designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which is quite an honor. And it's one of the most remote uh, UNESCO World Heritage Sites on the planet.
1: Now, Professor, uh, Craig told us that the human figures, many of the human figures depicted could be shamans. Is it possible that shamans use the paintings in rituals?
2: Yes, I believe it. It's very difficult to be 100% sure because we were not there. But example, uh the rock paint from goes from the center, the more arid land of the peninsula. It's a long peninsula, you know, and in the center is where the desert is. And it's where the exactly the main focus of this rock paint. You have northern and southern from Sierra de San Francisco, like Sierra de Guadalupe, which was equal, great, and uh, diverse. And in one of the main Rock painting in Sierra de Guadalupe is San Borjita. It's a, in particular is the one that has just humans, and uh, there is clearly a shaman who is in charge of the like a ritual. And uh, the way it dress is different; is white. The others are red and black. And for sure, it's clear that it's a shaman. My point of view is that they don't live in those caves area. They live more in the coastal plains to the Pacific and to the Gulf of California, where they have more sources for food, supplies, and a hunting spot. They came to the rock plains to do the ritual.
1: Is it possible that there is a, a line of tradition from this very ancient time to actual shamans in Baja today?
2: Well, not today, because after the arrival, of the Spaniards, and not just the Spaniards, they also became pirates from England and Dutch. And after the Manila galleon arrived, most of the Indians died with their several illnesses like malaria, smallpox, and all the culture disappeared, and in particular in Shamban. But in the information from ethnographic records, especially from the Waikura, the people who live a little south of Sierra San Francisco to La Paz, there is a recall about these guys. They were very sophisticated in uh, tribes, that they were very simple. I always thought that those shamans are renamed from the ancient rock paint shamans. In some other way, they lost the culture from the rock paint period, but At historical time, there was some relic of that culture. And I can see by the way, the dress and the rituals of the shaman, I have the idea that there are like a continue with a lot of things left because in many of the paints, example, the servant paint, which I call the Deer Arreo, that paint in particular, is a collective work, a huge amount of people working together.
1: You know, another of the fascinating things about the way this is dated now uh, is that different parts of the painting seem to date to different times. Craig, you write that some, uh, you know, the oldest part of the painting could be 11,000 years, but like the leg could be 5,000 years. Why would that be?
0: Well, the rock art experts who did the carbon dating said in their research report that For example, there was a cave at San Borjitas where there was an arrow on one figure. This is one figure, a single figure. There was an arrow that was 4,100 years old. Paint from the chest was 4,800 years old. A finger was over six thousand years old, and paint from the leg was sixty-five hundred years old. And they went to say in that in their report that there was a it indicated a long cultural tradition over almost five thousand years of touching up and adding new figures and elements, and that was deliberate. And so there was a continuous culture that extended uh, several millennia. So it's quite remarkable.
1: And Professor, what material did they use to create these paintings?
2: Usually minerals, because as archaeologists, we always need to figure out and view the remains of archaeological, example, paint. You will have only some of the paint that could survive for so long period in the open atmosphere and bio impact, like fungi and other things. Probably they were more colorful, but everything who comes from organic material, for sure they disappear earlier. That means that we don't have the whole picture, in my point of view, because all the organic have disappeared besides carbon, because now carbon becomes uh, mineral, not, not uh, organic. But most of them are mineral rocks.
1: And there's no way to test for the, the organic material that, that may have disappeared?
0: so this is a a highly volcanic area there's lots of volcanic cinder in the area, and it's quite colorful. There's red, there's black, there's yellow, there's white cinder. And so what the archaeologists from Australia and Mexico determined was that how they made the paint was they ground volcanic cinder into powder, they mixed it with sap from cactus, and so it made kind of a viscous latex-like paint, and they applied the paint on the cave walls with these big, long, stalks from cactus and uh, they were 20 feet long and they they took uh, deer hide and soaked it in this paint and that's how they applied the paint. There's still organic material in the paint today from the cactus sap, and that's how they date it. But I think what the professor's talking about is if you just had, like in Europe, most of the paintings are organic nature. They crush up colorful plants, and that's how they make the paint. But any of that type of paint in this region, if it were just made from cactus or flowers, etc., and didn't have any rock base to it, that would have all weathered and disappeared. So there were probably far more colorful and many more paintings um, several thousand years ago.
1: You know, Craig, in the article in Hidden Compass magazine, you talk about your journey to see the cave paintings. Tell us a little bit about that. That trip is not for the faint of heart, is it?
0: No, there's the middle of nowhere, and then there's the middle of the middle of nowhere. And uh, San Francisco de la Sierra, the little pueblo up there, is in the middle of the middle of nowhere. So it's a 14-hour drive by car down Highway 1 and down Baja, And then you end up on a mile-high plateau that's accessible, you know, they they travel, these little pueblos, they travel by mule. And so you get on a mule, and it's a four-hour mule ride into a 3,000-foot-deep arroyo with sheer cliff walls, and you're going down a three-foot-wide cliff-clinging trail with a hundred-foot drop-offs, and you're praying that your mule doesn't stumble. (laughs) Harry Crosby, the science teacher who stumbled on the great murals in the 70s, the San Diego science te- high school science teacher, he traveled over 1,000 miles by mule and identified over 1,600 cave painting sites. And he, uh, his quote that he wrote was, Baja rock art gives up its secrets grudgingly only to those who persevere. And for those who think they want to come down to view the great murals, uh, perseverance definitely needs to be your north star. So.
1: Okay, so for a payoff to that terrible journey, thrilling but terrible, I would imagine. (laughs) Um, Craig, what's it like to be in the presence of an artwork that survived for up to 11,000 years?
0: Well, it's very humbling, actually, and it reminds you of kind of how small you are in the scheme of things and how fleeting your time on earth you know is it'll definitely reduce your your ego and give you a strong sense of carpe diem you know first you know in this region there are no towns of any consequence of over 400 miles and so each night the skies ablaze with stars that are you know come from uh, you know the light travel for billions of years. Uh, You know, these canyons were carved over millions of years by water and flash floods. So you have a sense of geologic time. And then you have historic time. You know, you're traveling with a society. These uh, people in the Rancheros are an echo from 18th century Andalusia. That's where they came from. And they were at the missions and they went up into the mountains. And so their culture is 300 years old. And then you're looking at paintings that are several millennia old, and it's really humbling.
1: And Professor, I want to ask you, what were your feelings when you were seeing these paintings on this cave and and, and knowing they were thousands of years old?
2: Every time I see that book, remind me that it's for a passage, ritual of passage. Communities from the coastal plain came for a ritual passage, and they found in this book Shelters, a connection between the ancient people. And to me, we stayed there. It's like a trying to put all my sense to feel a human connected with the past. There is a visionary talk from a Waikura fellow who said, that the stars are the ancient people who put fire at the night. Each star is a spirit of the human of the past. And sometimes at the night, when you are in, the, in a cave, near the cave, and look the way the light goes out, and then the stars appear, I think uh, they live in a place connected the stars with the ancient people. We are easy to forget generations of of our past. For, for other cultures, the elders are their gods. The elders are, they are connected with all the background of the culture. Probably we think ahead, but not to the past. And I think it's a very common in several cultures to look at the elder, the past, and probably the rock paint is the connection to them with the past, with the ancient people, the elders.
1: That was archaeologist and professor Fermín Regadas Dahl. And I also spoke with author and explorer Craig K. Collins.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.